Welcome back to Apricot Bakes and More, the podcast. As always, I am your host, April. Before we dive into today's organic gardening talk, let's talk about some housekeeping stuff. I just want to check in with everyone. I just want to see how everyone was going with the um, meal planning and budget saving things for your family. I want to check in with you on your sugar craving addictions. Has anyone found any tips and tricks that have been working for them? Have you tried anything I've mentioned that's been working with you? Go ahead, <clears throat> excuse me. Go ahead and come and let me know. Uh, you could drop me a line on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just check in, see how everyone's going. Okay, now that we've got that boring housekeeping stuff out of the way, let's talk gardening. Okay, so gardening. It is my frenemy. It's the best way to describe gardening for me, at least. Um, so after, you know, the holidays, the holiday rush is over and Thanksgiving's over and Christmas is over and the New Year party is, you know, gone and done. It's gardening season, right? <laughs> well, for me it is. I'm like, okay, so Christmas is over, New Year's began, let's go! And nothing. Like, there's nothing even out to even, like, remotely suggest that it's time for gardening, right? And every year, like clockwork, my husband's like, April, no, you have to wait until it comes out. I'm like, no, I want it now! <laughs> It's like extended Christmas for me. You know, Christmas and I'm going to kill, basically. <laughs> it is horrible. Like, I want to garden so much and so bad that I just dive head first and then everything dies. I actually can't say that anymore because I have, let me think, my rosemary plant still alive, my oregano still alive, my parsley, believe it or not, is actually still alive. My sage and chimes are actually coming back. So I'm thinking out of everything I planted, I've got, what, four plants, five plants, you know, toughing it out for me. That's a good record for me. <laughs> I have such a black brown thumb. It's ridiculous. I can't kill mums, though. Mums is another thing I cannot kill. Maybe just because they're hardy plants and don't die. I mean, people treat them like, oh, I always get them confused. Hang on. Annuals, yeah. People treat them like they're annuals, but they're actually perennials. You just got to trim them back when you get the beautiful flowers and they're blooming and everything looks so beautiful. But once those are dead, just snip them off and to kind of trim them and make them nice. Give them a haircut, basically. Trim them up, make them look nice, water them, you know, the whole shebang. And they'll come back again and again and again. And again, I thought I killed one one year, and I was about to throw it away, and I was like, no, you know what, let's try this. And I shaved it, not shaved it, I'm thinking hair now. I trimmed it up with some nice pruning shears, and it got all nice, and poof, little green buds started popping up. I was like, ooh, fancy me. That only lasted a year, next year I killed it. <laughs> but the point is, is that I tried, and I guess that's the only thing you can do. Okay, so organic gardening. I have so many issues with organic gardening. All right. My biggest issue is the price. Like, seriously. There is no extra nutritional value when you buy organic gardening versus something that is grown 
I guess you could say conventionally. Um, I do not have issues with uh, people at home doing organic gardening because when you're doing it at home, you can really focus on what it means to be an organic gardener, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. I have issues with the big agricultural farms organic gardenings because they truly don't believe they actually are organic gardenings, and they still use pesticides. Believe it or not, I've done a, like a, almost a year's worth of research because I got into an argument with this one woman one year saying they don't use pesticides, but they do use pesticides. Uh, they use pesticides that actually have been known, some, I shouldn't say all, um, some companies still use pesticides that have been linked to actually causing cancer. And how is, you know, how you consider yourself organic if you're going to use something that causes cancer? I mean, hello. Um, and they still use, you know, the industrial tools. And I know it takes a lot to become certified organic. You have to go through this uh, testing with the uh, F FDA? USDA? I can't remember. But the ones who oversee all the fruits and veggies, right? Um, you have to go through a testing with them. They test your equipment, your land, et cetera, et cetera, to certify you organic. So it's not a cheap process. But do you still use pesticides? Not organic. Okay, anyways. Back at home in your little homestead, that's when most of us are going to be doing organic gardening. We're not going to be ripping up thousands of acres of fields, right? We're probably going to do a little 4 by 4 plot in our backyard. Uh, there are some trips to organic trips, tricks to organic gardening that I don't think people, a lot of people realize. Before we had these massive farms and all these chemicals, organic gardening was what we consider organic gardening was the only type of gardening that was ever done. Let's say that time five times fast, right? So do you think that this is this whole new thing? It's not. It is just someone found a way to spin an old uh, tradition, right? They just put a new label on it and everyone goes, oh my god, it's got to be tried. And no, it is not new. It's been around for a while now. It's just we've become, I hate to say it, dumb. Shh. <laughs> we have become accustomed to easy peasies, right? Organic gardening is not easy peasy, especially if you're doing it at home. So do not think that this is a one trick pony. It is you need to pay attention. It takes a lot of time and effort. Um, ooh, excuse me. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm playing with a bracelet. So, organic gardening. What is organic gardening? Good question. It is basically an understanding that it is, you know, good for the earth. It's having a balance between the earth and what you're growing and how you're growing it as a balance, as an understanding. The best way to organic farm or garden is to use compost, organics. You know, you get them right from your chicken scrap, chicken, kitchen scraps, except for breads, meats, dairies. Don't put that in it. That's gross. Except for eggs. You can put eggshells in. Just the shells, not the yolks or the whites. Um, I say I'm a lot, don't I? <laughs>
So I just drew a blank. I'm going to be right back and gather my thoughts for a second because apparently I just spaced. All right. Rotating your soil is probably one of the best things that you can do for your garden. Uh, what I mean by this is not planting the same thing in the same place year after year. You don't do this for a few reasons. One, you'll actually attract more bugs and pests, and we don't want that. And two, you'll start draining the soil of nutrients that it will actually need to grow that crop. Uh, this is all part of the organic gardening. Now, you would think that the big industrial farms would know this, and they do. They just choose to ignore it and plant year after year in the same spot over and over again, draining the soil from its nutrients, nutritional value for the plants, and everything. <laughs> I'm having some brain fogs today and everything else, but they say it's because it costs too much money, you know, to do it right. So, in your little back home gardens, rotate your crops, but be careful about rotating your crops. Uh, there are some things that you should not plant in the same area, such as potatoes, tomatoes, and strawberries should not be placed in the same spot as each other. Um, they will actually drain the nutritional value and some of the insects and pests that have been accustomed to say where the strawberries are will actually feed off of the potatoes and the tomatoes. And just for the record, if you do plant potatoes, do not plant anything in the potato area that can't go there for up to three years. So, with that being said, we shall move on. Um, pesticides is a big big thing now you can get organic pesticides or you could do a little bit of combo work here you can get the organic pesticides you can actually try taping pennies along the ridge of where the plants are and it'll actually keep some insects out pennies of all things right um you can also use flowers and herbs to push away some insects and bugs. I cannot remember the names of them, but I know some uh, do not like mosquitoes, for instance, do not like rosemary. And I think I'm just going to like flood my backyard with rosemary because I am a mosquito magnet. Um, so there is that. You can try planting uh, marigolds and again, mums in your garden. Who says that your garden has to be just fruits and veggies? Let's add some pretty color to those flowers and help, you know, push away the bugs. But on the plus side, they will actually attract bees and bees will help pollinate. So that is actually a really good thing. The more pesticides we use, the less the bees, less the bees, they're, you know, actually getting on the endangered species list, which is kind of sad because we need them to eat. You would think humans would be like, oh, no, let's save the bees. We need food. But no, they're like, oh, no, bees. I don't know. It's a little weird to me. Let's kill off the things that we need to help, right? Because I don't know about you, but I do not want to go to my garden every day and shake my plants together to pollinate so, you know, we have food. That's what the bees are for. They go in, they pollinate the little bodies, they go to the next one, and they shake it all around, and for lack of better words, they're, they're having sex with our plants. <laughs> I know it's weird to think about it, but if you think about 
like say a squash of zucchini plant with those beautiful flowers that they have, a bee goes in and shakes his little body around in there and gets his nectar, and then he goes to the next one and shakes his little body around and gets the nectar. And what's he doing? He's shaking off the pollen from the previous one into the current one. And it's basically having, you know, plant sex. Crazy. I know. Sorry. I said it. <laughs> it's so weird to think about. Uh, <laughs> and companion gardening. I love companion gardening. I mean, again, as I've said before, I am not great at gardening, but we're going to change that. Watch my little YouTube videos hopefully coming up soon and I'm going to show you this awesome thing that I'm going to get and we're going to see if it works. Anyways, uh, companion gardening is when you plant two or more uh, plants, fruits, vegetables, herbs together in a space that will actually benefit from each other, such as tomatoes. If you plant tomatoes with, say, onions and basil, um, you are actually helping, one, get the insects away because insects that like the basil don't necessarily like the tomatoes and vice versa. You are not planting everything, so whatever the basil doesn't like in the ground gives it to the tomatoes and tomatoes to the basils and to the onions. It all works like a big happy family and sounds like a pizza. <laughs> but companion grant, uh, mm, excuse me. Companion gardening is a great way to, one, do organic pest control, two, give you a better crop and a better yield, ooh, these hiccups, a better crop and a better yield in a smaller space because you can plant more when you're planting together. For instance, let's give you my tomato and onions, right? All right, so say you got a little four by four square. Break that up into 12 sections. So they should each be about one by ones, right? What you're gonna do is plant a tomato plant in each one of those little one by ones. So you get 12 plants. And in between the rows, you have you know that long strip in the middle of them. You can go ahead and plant your onions down the rows. Now on the outsides of the little square, you can actually plant um, your basils. You can do one, two, three, three, six, twelve basils. If I did my math right, maybe nine, twelve. My math is very poor right now. Um, but you could plant those on the outside, and they're all going to start working very cohesively together, and that is a big thing. Uh, you could do the same thing with corn and green beans, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I will definitely find out and let you know. But you can plant all these plants together, and they feed off each other and help each other. Why not? If you have, like, tomatoes and peppers that grow high, why not get something that grows low to help balance it? Lettuce is another one. Now, I live in the south where it is going to be, well, I'm not going to say going to be because to me it already is hot. But... So why not plant, say, lettuce beneath something that grows tall so that way it's not getting that huge amount of heat but still able to grow and keeping it in the shade. Things like that is to, being, uh, to pay attention to. You can plant your herbs, uh, but you really need to make sure you watch out for which plants go where because some herbs and some plants don't play nicely. They taste wonderful together, but they don't play nice. 
the Falmer's Armanac that I posted a link to, I want to say not last week, but the week before. Again, a great resource for companion planting ideas. I will definitely be hitting them up in a few weeks when I get, hopefully, my new toy that I will be showing you. So, again, just because it is organic in the store does not mean it's worth that extra, you know, premium price. There is no an extra nutritional value. Bear with me. All right, so at the end of this, let's recap a little bit. Organic gardening, great for people who are doing it at home. Make sure you do your crop rotations, companion gardening. Use natural remedies to get rid of, well, not to get rid of, but to control pests and insects. Make sure you are watering your plants. Oh, my God, make sure. They actually have this thing that's called Rainbird. I actually have it hooked up now to my garden. I'm gonna try it full year next this coming, you know, gardening season. A little excited. It you just turn on your little hose and it waters your whole garden for you. Slow drip irrigation. So let's see if that works. Um, make sure you water your garden. Make sure if you're going to use a pesticide, make sure it is pet friendly. Uh, make sure that it actually will do what you want to do. There are some great remedies out there for pest control for gardening that does not require any, you know, harsh chemicals. I can dig some up and let you know next week. Maybe that will be next week's topic. Uh, that's really it. I know the show's a little short today, but what can I say? I hope to have some fun things for you next week. I will check everyone out and make sure you drop me a line. Let me know how to go. If you have any gardening tips, please let me know. I'm always, you know, up for new ideas, try new things. That's what I want. I want us to be an open-ended conversation about everything. So I will see everyone next week. Enjoy your day and happy gardening.